Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. I am Troy Shockley, and this is the Coffee Break Podcast. Thanks for joining our chat today. Coffee Break brought to you by Cochrane Insurance. It's a supersized coffee break, or maybe it's an extra tall, I don't know, wherever you get your coffee, it's a big one. Uh, Getting started a little bit early this morning because we wanted to make some time for our first guest, Rafe Graybill. He, of course, running for Montana Attorney General. Rafe, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. I appreciate you taking time and uh, and chatting with us early in the morning. You've uh, you've been all over the state in the last year or so. Finally, I guess here in the home stretch of this thing. Yeah, yeah. And I got to say, I've got an 18 month old daughter, so you know, 8 a.m. is oh. you know mid morning for you're, me. <laughs> I was going to say you're about ready for lunch, so that's that's not too bad. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I guess looking back at the campaign, certainly not the traditional election cycle, right? I mean, at least since the spring, how do you think you've navigated the the challenges that this pandemic has created? Well, I I think pretty well, all things considered. I got to tell you, I will never get on a Zoom meeting again after (laughs) November 3rd. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I, I think candidates are finding a way around it. You know, what uh, What I've been doing with some other candidates is we do these drive-out-the-vote rallies where instead of getting a bunch of folks into a labor hall, you uh, you go to a parking lot and people line up and you put up a jumbotron and it's kind of like a drive-in movie. And we all give our speeches and it's, you know, COVID safe and, and that's still a way to reach folks. So we're, we're adapting. Yeah, well, and you've had an up-close look at the measures the state's been taking to battle this thing. Uh, for folks that don't know, you've been Governor Bullock's chief legal counsel uh, since, uh, was it 2017? Yep, yep. Okay. How, how do you think the state's been doing here? Well, you know, I think I think it's still a virus that we have to take seriously. And, um, you know, the state's doing everything it can, and I think a lot of local businesses are working really hard to make sure they stop the spread. Um, but it's it's some of these, um, you know, it's not like everyone's breaking all the rules. It's that a few, you know, big events happen, and then that results in transmission. And the tricky thing about it is, you know, you might have a big event. You think it went off well. Uh, it's not till two weeks later that the virus starts showing up in your friends and family. And when it comes to asymptomatic folks, you know, could be, another two-week period because you pass it on and don't know. So I think the biggest thing for everyone to do right now is is just follow those common sense measures that, that we've known from the start, right? Like wash your hands, wear a mask, um, practice social distancing, and don't go to big gatherings where this thing where this thing exists. And if we do that, we've seen it you know, across the country where surges have happened. Uh, they've been able to beat this thing back. Rafe Graybill is our guest to kick off Coffee Break this morning, getting started a little early today. And uh, his name is on the ballot that might be in your mailbox or on your kitchen counter already. Those mailed out last week. Uh, working in the role that you have been, Rafe, what do you think that does to assist you in, in moving into potentially the AG's office? Well, we've taken on the kinds of big cases uh, in the court ro- courtroom that the AG takes on traditionally. You know, we stood up to Big Tobacco late last year when they were selling these flavored vape products to, to young kids in schools, and we beat them. We're one of the only states that did. Uh, just last, or two weeks ago, I should say, we won a big victory uh, in federal court that removed that guy, William Perry Pendley, from the head of the BLM, who was serving illegally. Um, just last week, we won a victory in the U.S. Supreme Court to defend what you just mentioned, the right to vote by mail, safely and securely. 
I was the lawyer behind all those victories, uh, developing the case, staying up late, writing the briefs, doing the argument. And, you know, I think it's high time we hire an attorney general in Montana that won't just show up to the press conference afterwards and take credit, but can actually show up and do the work. Well, Tim Fox has, of course, been in that chair. I mean, what, what do you think that he's done in his time as AG that's left Montana in a better spot than it was before he was elected? Well, I really respect the work that he has done on opioids. I think that is really crucial work. I also really think that he's done great work standing up to big tobacco. Um, there's a lawsuit right now that Tim Fox brought, and I'm, I'm in complete agreement with him on it, uh, where big tobacco, remember back in the 90s, there were all those settlements over the years of addiction and death. Well, they owe us $43 million bucks that he promised to pay us, and they haven't paid up. And Tim Fox is going after them to get that money that we're owed that goes to children's health insurance, it goes to smoking cessation. I think he's doing the right thing. I'm really concerned, however, that my opponent, Austin Knutson, is taking money from Big Tobacco, and he actually told the newspaper yesterday he would fire the lawyer in charge of that case. Uh, which really gives me some concerns about conflict of interest. And uh, it does put us in kind of an interesting spot where uh, the incumbent Republican, Tim Fox, and um, me, the Democratic uh, candidate, are in agreement. And it's only Austin Knudsen who's out there taking money from tobacco and saying he's going to skunk this case. Is, is So, Rafe, what about the other side of that coin? I mean, what does that office need to do better? What are you looking at, uh, Tim Fox, and, and, and his uh, run as AG going, you know what, we should have done it this way or we could have done it better? Well, I, I think we got to get back to what the, the framers of our Constitution saw in the Attorney General. What they saw is someone who was loyal only to the people. Remember, this is an independently elected office. It's not appointed by the governor. And someone that fights for people as their advocate, their lawyer. Um, I think there is no better example of that than the way that prescription drug companies have quietly been ripping us off for the last 10 years and jacking up prices. And every once in a while, you know, you see a news story about a particular drug goes up over time. But we're all experiencing this where you go to the pharmacy, you're paying too much. Well, that's because other attorney generals have, have, have done investigations and have found that's because of illegal price fixing. And I think something we can do in Montana to really protect folks, you know, whether you're young or old, you have a prescription, you're paying too much. We can go investigate what kind of illegal activities are behind those price increases and put money back in folks' pockets. And I think we've got to stop thinking about the AG as just someone that sits in Helena and, you know, sends things out over the Internet, but as someone that really ought to go to court and fight for you and put money back in your pocket where you've been stolen from. And I think prescription drugs, I mean, there's a lot of other issues too, privacy, the environment, but prescription drugs to me is just a no-brainer. We can do a lot better. Rafe Graybill is our guest on Coffee Break this morning. And, Rafe, you bring up uh, the prescription drug prices. I mean, they're high. They've been getting higher. It's something that is talked about. The state's congressional delegation talks about that, that you know, we need to do something. And uh, Republican, Democrat, nobody has been able to do anything. Um so the easy one for you, and you mentioned some of it, but what is the solution? I mean, as the AG, can you actually get some traction on this? Absolutely, and that's what makes this job so exciting. And you're totally right. Everyone talks about it because it's a real issue, but we haven't seen diddly from Congress. We haven't seen diddly from our legislature. But if you look around the country, the people that make real progress on actually recovering money for their, the citizens of their state are state attorneys general. Um, the Connecticut Attorney General, for example, launched an investigation into the way that generic drug companies were working together 
to illegally inflate prices. And it, it's like out of a movie. I mean, they were getting together over steak dinners and agreeing to raise prices on, on basic stuff, stuff like insulin, stuff like amoxicillin, very basic antibiotic that folks take. And we all paid more. Now, here's the thing. These companies do this because they know they can get away with it. But that doesn't mean it's legal. It's been illegal in America under our antitrust laws for 100 years. We just need a cop on the beat. And going back to my opponent, who was a nice guy personally, in our debate, we talked about this very issue. He said, you know, I don't think Montanans are very concerned about prescription drug prices. And, I, you know, my head spun around 360 degrees. I, you know, I go to the pharmacy for my little daughter and, and get her, you know, ear drops for ear infections because she's a little kid. 50 bucks, okay? That's not because of some um, mysterious economic force. It's price fixing. You're paying too much, and it's state AGs who are doing something about it. Candidate for Montana Attorney General Rafe Graybill is our guest on Coffee Break this morning. We've got about uh, about four minutes or so left with him, and I want to see if we can hit a couple of other things here. I think something most Montanans can agree on, we have a problem when it comes to drinking and driving in the state. Uh, yeah. Too often we see reports of somebody pulled over. This is their 10th DUI. This is their 12th DUI. Mm -hmm. Double digit is not uncommon. Uh, measures have been introduced to tackle the DUI problems, but they just don't seem to make it through the legislature. What do you see there? What do you think needs to be done? What can be done? Well, I'm, I'm supportive of the efforts of Tim Fox last session to try to reorganize their DUI laws, make them simpler, um, easier for county prosecutors to work with. And I've met with a lot of county prosecutors who deal with these cases, city prosecutors too, and I agree something needs to be done. I also think that on a, you know, on a broader level, we need to think about the root cause of where this is coming from. And I think too many times our criminal justice system has failed the public because it doesn't really take addiction seriously. And I released a comprehensive plan last week to talk about how the AG can become a leader in addiction uh, on both treatment and prevention. And I think if we're only talking about enforcement, we're only talking about the point at which a cop car pulls up, um, we're kind of failing the public because we need to work, we need to be a holistic process that, that starts from the beginning. And, um, you know, I'll tell you, that this issue really hits home close to me. My, uh, my mother's a Lutheran minister, just retired. Um, I grew up while she was on the road traveling the whole state, uh, going to different congregations. And I worried because I know Montana statistics on drunk driving, on impaired driving, and it worried me sick every single night. And um, this is a place where the AG can really step up through a lot of roles, highway patrol through enforcement, but also saying, you know, how can we work and intervene uh, even like early in someone's life to get them off the path of addiction to drugs and alcohol. AG's got a big role in that, and uh, that's something I think we got to do more on. You know, another uh, softball question for you. Uh, of course, super easy to figure out the solution here. Meth use. Um, I mean, it's seen a surge in, in, in recent years. It's something I think we saw some yeah. time ago, and we had tamped down, but it, it's back. It's an issue, and uh, I know it's something mm -hmm. that uh, Austin Knudsen's talked about. He's, he talks about, uh, you know, supporting President Trump's efforts on the the southern border is being key there. What are your thoughts uh, on the problem and what's the solution? Well, you know, I grew up in Great Falls in the in the mid-90s when we were going through our first meth crisis. And, and you're right. I mean, this is something that we've been through before. and We've kind of learned the hard way what works and what doesn't work. And I was just talking to uh, the mayor of Great Falls, former mayor of Great Falls recently. And, um, you know, he was saying to me what I've been saying on the campaign trail, which is, you got to be tough on enforcement. That's a no-brainer. I mean, you got to have the Highway Patrol drug interdiction teams out there. we got to support our high-def drug interdiction teams throughout the state. But if that's all that you're doing, 
you're not really addressing the root causes of the problem. You know, everybody knows you arrest somebody for, um, you know, for meth possession, and or maybe they've done a burglary because of their meth addiction. You put them in, they get out, of, you know, a year later, and they're still addicted. You haven't solved that underlying problem, and uh, that's why you know we released this plan last week to say, you know, what can the attorney general do? to provide comprehensive access to treatment, to actually get folks off the path? What can the AG do on prevention? And I'll tell you, that the solution is actually, it's simpler than it might seem. It's kind of in front of our eyes. It's the Affordable Care Act, okay? The Affordable Care Act is what makes access to comprehensive treatment programs, access to comprehensive prevention programs for communities possible. And I've gone around the state talking to, to leaders. I think we might have just lost you, Rafe. Sounds as though the <laughs> phone gods got him on his last he was, comment there. He was he was in his final seconds, and and uh, either our phone or Rafe's phone cut out. So uh, apologies there, Rafe. Uh, uh, but I, I sure appreciate uh, him taking time and chatting with us this morning. Uh, he is uh, Democrat Rafe Graybill running for Montana Attorney General. So uh, once again, as we told you yesterday, the ballots are in your mailbox or on the way, or maybe you've already brought them in. And uh, it's important. Every time it's important. It's always important. So uh, fill those out, drop them in the mail, or you can bring them by the, the, the office there downtown. You can still drop them off. Uh, get that done. Get it done early because this is going to be a crazy election cycle. So just get it done and, and, and get it out of the way and do what you need to do. So Rafe Graybill, uh, thanks so much for taking time with us this morning, sir. Appreciate that. And uh, sorry that, that you got cut off there before we could get your elevator speech but we've got more coffee break coming up uh, colleen smith is uh, out in the lobby i'm gonna go get her and get a set up here in our corner bunker she's the executive director at youth connections we got more ballot stuff to talk about with her coming up i just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode you can always catch up we're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. Welcome back into this supersized version of Coffee Break. I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for sticking around this morning, and uh, we've got Colleen Smith here with us now. She's the executive director out at Youth Connections. How are you? Great, thanks. I appreciate you coming in, and you even brought a you brought a sidekick this morning. Even I did. You got a wingman. I do. Yeah, Taylor Dinsdale is the prevention specialist for Lewis and Clark County. So yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna talk with her uh, here in a little bit. We're gonna do a switcheroo, but we're gonna stop start with uh, Colleen. Can you introduce yourself a little bit and just tell us tell listeners who you are and what it is that you do? Sure. Uh, Executive director of Youth Connections, and we focus on substance abuse prevention for youth. So um, we also have the contract with the state to provide technical assistance and training to all the prevention specialists across the state. Yeah. So Youth Connections is all, I mean, you already, I was going to follow up with, tell us what Youth Connections is all about, but you already did that. I did. You're, yeah. you're a pro. No wonder you're in charge. <laughs> so your focus, of course, entirely on youth in, yes. in our community. I mean, and you're in today, we're, we're talking about that and really sort of, uh, you know, boring down to a specific issue and that's uh the legalization of marijuana that of course on the ballot right now uh, as we've been telling people this morning and yesterday that's in your mailbox or on your kitchen counter um i guess uh, can you kind of start with an overview and explain to folks that i don't know how they don't know about it at this point but but what is just the aerial view what, what's the major on the ballot 
Um, it's full-on legalization, commercialization of marijuana. So um, our board is very concerned about this and the coalition and our partners because we know what's happened in other states with youth. Um, and I'll just give you a, a quick background because this isn't uh, Woodstock weed. This isn't right. the 2% in, you know, the natural plant has less than 2% THC in it, but it's been genetically modified to up to at least 25%. Um, we've heard some places in Colorado are up to 30, but that's, that's the least of our worries. I mean, as bad as that is, um, it's the concentrates that we're concerned about. So, um, they pull out just the THC from the marijuana and they put it in edibles and kids are vaping it. And those can be upwards of 90 to 95% THC. And the THC is the psychoactive and addictive ingredient in marijuana. So that's why we're really concerned. Um, we know that one in six kids who uh, use marijuana will become addicted, one in 11 adults. Um, and it goes up to one in four if kids start before the age of 16. And I just got an email from a friend who's a therapist over at Intermountain, and she said, you know, we are seeing um, an influx of kids vaping marijuana, which, again, is a bad thing because it's the very high THC, but you can't smell it. Right. So yeah. parents and teachers can't tell. Yeah, and and th this measure, if passed, it, it would legalize recreational marijuana in Montana. And there there is a companion measure that would set – uh, the minimum age at, at 21. Uh, but there are those age limits on, like you say, vaping products and, right. and tobacco, and it, it and doesn't alcohol. seem to... No. <laughs> Kids still get it. Yep. I mean, we know that increased increased access means increased use. And there's a, a study out that if kids live within a mile and a half of a pot shop, they're 25% more likely to use. And I mean, if you've been to Colorado, you've seen the inundation of ads and billboards. And um, I mean, it's crazy. I was just on a webinar a couple weeks ago um, with a guy from Colorado and he had a bunch of advertisements and there was a back to school special and a oh, wow. move in special that ran in uh, Boulder. So, I mean, they're not they're not targeting they're not targeting 21 year olds. They're targeting 18, 19. And then. You know, the vape flavors of Tutti Frutti and birthday cake and bubble gum. It, it, it's not targeted to adults. It's targeted to kids. Yeah, we've had folks in uh, talking about the the vaping stuff before from, mm -hmm. from St. Peter's. Um, we, we, we've talked about that. And we've talked with folks from uh, Chaudaire as well about yep. what they're seeing uh, with the vaping. And so it, it seems the, the biggest concern for, for Youth Connections is just, I think you touched on it there, that it's certainly available now. Right. But if this passes, it's obviously more widely and readily available. Absolutely. Yep. Well, and not only that, but we've seen in other states where um, kids and pets get into the edibles. And there was a, an ER in western Michigan that had six toddlers in for overdose of marijuana, and five of them ended up in the ICU. So it's not just kids using, it's, you know, little kids and pets that obviously can't read that it has marijuana in it and, and it's funny because like the gummy bears you buy a package of them and there's 10 of them well what do you think the serving size of that is i mean it probably one but who eats one right it's not one is it's, it not it's the ear of one wow is the serving size so um and we know it can take up to two hours for that to um take effect so somebody will take an edible 
you know, wait a half hour. Gosh, I don't feel anything. Take some more. I don't mm-hmm. feel anything. Maybe take some more. And that's where the overdoses are coming in. And um, there was an ER doc in San Diego County that said every single day there's somebody in the ER with um, psychotic episode with marijuana overdose. And let me clarify, overdose is not like you overdose and die. Marijuana doesn't work that way. But you definitely can overdose and there are psychotic um, episodes with that. Colleen Smith is here with us this morning. She's the executive director at Youth Connections. And uh, I'm, you mentioned, but I'm, I'm assuming you've talked with other youth organizations in Colorado, in other states. Uh, and, and some of those I would think, and you know, what have you heard from them? You, you touched on it, but just overall, because we can go anecdotally, but they've had it long enough that right. they can probably see trends. Yep. What are the trends in those states when it comes specifically to youth and sort of the side effects, unintended maybe side effects of the legalization? Well, there's several. Um, we know there's increased youth use. So of the um, top 22 states with the highest youth use, every single state has legalized marijuana in one form or another. Um, so we know that that's an increase. The other side will say, "Oh no, they're showing that increase or that uh, youth use is down, but the smoking of marijuana is down, but the edible and the concentrates are up five times, and the dabs, which are what they're vaping, um, are almost double. So we know that youth use is up. Um, again, I was on a webinar with an ER doc out of Pueblo, Colorado, and he said every teen that was in there, every youth that was in there that had attempted suicide had THC in their system. So we know that pot increases suicide ideation by 50% and that pot smokers are three and a half times more likely to attempt suicide. So as chronic as an issue we have in the state of Montana being number two in suicides, to legalize this is it just makes absolutely no sense. So is there a way you think to do this and put enough guardrails on it that it works or at least work, it, it, it's safer for kids or no. well, ha- we haven't seen that in any state. I mean, if it's out there, kids are going to get it and use it. We know they're already using it right now and um, you know, full on commercialization and they target kids. I mean, there's um, products like pot tarts and Kif Kat bars and I mean, Everything under the sun has marijuana in it, and there are no guardrails on what it can be in, and there is no THC cap, so it really is a free-for-all. Yeah. Uh, Colleen Smith with uh, Youth Connections is here, and we talked about her already, but she's just been sitting there quietly waiting. Taylor is here as well. Um, do you guys do you guys want to switch around and, and, and get sure. Taylor? I mean, how do you feel about that, Taylor? Are you ready to get behind the mic? <laughs> yeah, I just have a little update. Oh, well, let's... <laughs> Let's do it. We, we're we set up here in separate studios, and so uh, I don't have enough microphones in my studio. So uh, we're, we're going to switch around. Taylor, can you uh, introduce yourself to folks and, and let them know kind of who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah, absolutely. But um, you got to get up to that microphone oh, now. I told you, you're get, you can grab it. You can swing it. It, it, it only bites every, like once a week. We've already got – so you're good. So, okay, so introduce yourself a little bit. Uh, my name's Taylor Dinsdale. I am the prevention specialist for Lewis and Clark County. Um, I work off the block grant, and my main focuses for youth are marijuana and alcohol reduction um, and use. And then I also do kind of focus on adult binge drinking as well. Okay. And uh, Colleen told me that you have the happy stuff this morning. <laughs> so let, let's let's finish up on a, on a happy note. 
Yeah, I just have a few um, exciting updates. I don't know if you're familiar with ParentingMontana.org. Um, it's It's been around for a little while now. It's a website that just has great resources for parents, foster parents, grandparents, um, anybody really who's around kids. And the goal of it is to help parents foster social and emotional skills in their children. Um, the goal of that is because having those skills reduces conduct issues in school. Um, it, increases the completion rates um, for students, and also reduces future drug and alcohol use. So those skills are really important. Um, so if you haven't checked it out already, I would suggest going to parentingmontana.org. And then um, the exciting new updates are they have added podcasts now. So if parents are busy. They don't yeah. have time to sit and, you know, check out all the awesome resources on the website. So now they can open up a podcast and listen while they cook or clean or um, drive, things like that. And then they've added some new videos and then they've also expanded it to ages 0 through 19. So the new part okay. is at 0 to 4 to start those, those right. young ends on. So those podcasts, are they? is it available through just a player on the site? Or can folks get them where they get all their other podcasts now? Or They are available on ParentingMontana.org, and I believe you can download them through the website. Okay. And, and what are those about? I mean, for folks that haven't been there before, um, what are they about? Because we all hear when we have kids, there's no book, yeah, you know, yeah. right? Like, but you're telling us there's, there's an audio book. So Pretty much, yeah. what, what are these about? So yeah, that's the great thing about Parenting Montana is it's broken up by age. So zero to 19, you get age specific tips and tools to help with things from confidence building to tantrum throwing to getting them to do their homework, um, even a, how to talk to them about alcohol, things like that. So there's pretty much everything you could want in a parenting handbook right. on that website. Okay. And uh, so that is, uh, the nice thing is you said that like they've expanded it. So you're not going, wow, that it's not really applicable to me. It, it, now it's for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of great resources on there and there's there's videos and so where do people go again to get get to that? Parentingmontana.org. Okay. Well, that's easy enough. Yeah. yeah. Easy to remember. Um, a great website and they're always developing and adding new things. Um, the research behind it is really great. It was developed by the Department of Public Health and Human Services along with the Department of Safety and Culture um, at MSU. So there's a lot of evidence behind it. It's all really great information. Very cool. Uh, Taylor Dinsdale with us this morning along with uh, Colleen Smith. Uh, uh, did we cover it all? Did we get oh, it? I could talk to you forever. I know you can. <laughs> and, and we're going to, you know what, we'll, we'll have you back and talk about uh, something else because uh, it's fun to have you in. I appreciate you coming in. Um, and if people want to find out more information uh, about Youth Connections, you're online as well. So people can find – that's very easy. to. You're off the mic, but what, what's the website? YouthConnectionsCoalition.org. Coalition, okay. So youth, YouthConnectionsCoalition.org is uh, where you go to uh, get information there. So, uh, ladies, thanks so much for coming in. We're going to squeeze one more guest in this morning. We've got a, uh, a sergeant out at the fort that's won a national award. So uh, we're going to talk to her about that because that's pretty cool. Actually, there was two people out there that won an award. One of them, he's he's got stuff. He's busy. So Sierra gets to talk instead. We're going to do that coming up after this. In today's always on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. 
Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Welcome back into Coffee Break. I'm Troy Shockley. Thanks for sticking around this morning. A super jam-packed show. And uh, we're finishing out with uh, Sergeant Sierra Balch. She's part of the uh, Montana Army National Guard based out at Fort Harrison. Uh, Sierra, thanks for taking time today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I apologize. We, we had a kind of a domino effect of things running a little bit long. And so you had you were probably sitting there waiting for that call going, they said they were going to call me. Um, so thanks for <laughs> hanging out. Hey, can you uh, introduce yourself? to folks a little bit let them know uh, who you are and what it is you do out there yeah absolutely uh well i am born and raised in montana i'm from Phillipsburg, as uh, where i was raised at and i joined the guard right out of high school and i was kind of made that my career choice along with uh personal training and nutrition coaching on the civilian side so okay. a great opportunity to serve people in the guard and on the civilian side yeah so what does your day look like at the fort i think we understand what a trainer's doing and 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 that sort of thing you know we've been to the well i mean i haven't been to the gym for a little bit i'm gonna get back but uh, we've been to the gym but what do you do out there at the fort so i was actually on orders for the g1 office helping with personnel um but i just got done with those orders at the end of september for the fiscal year uh, so now I'm actually not working out at the fort anymore. But out there, I worked with some great people, just helping out with uh, keeping personnel records up to date, and was um, kind of just pushing papers at the desk yeah. there. And, and so now but, I go ahead. no go ahead. You you go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No. Uh, so now I just help. I'm at uh, aviation, so that is primarily my drilling. What what my one weekend a month looks like is out there aviation helping. With uh, Steve and stuff, which is my MOS, and helping soldiers with their fitness there. Okay. Well, and uh, yeah. we wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, you, you recently won the Montana Army National Guard Best Warrior Competition. Um, you're not mm -hmm. the only one. I mean, we had a couple out there, but, uh, you know, it, we, we could only get you on the phone, but that's okay. We'd uh, we'd rather have you than uh, that, that Loman character um explain to folks what actually uh, we're going to try and get him because uh he's he set a pretty cool mark as well but um yeah, th this guy. competition explain to people what this is about and what and, and what you did to win this thing yeah so this competition i had most of the year to prepare for um, it's pretty much just all the soldier tasks that any soldier that would be out in the field is required to do all the way from um the mental aspect of it to the physical aspect of it to uh, just kind of being smart in every scenario that you're giving me. Um, we're given a bunch of different tasks and you had to perform to the best of your ability and not only did you have to perform those tasks but you needed to be knowledgeable in it so they would ask you questions about things um, and you just went out there and gave it everything that you got and um, it was pretty awesome to see how I ranked. Uh, I know I was given it everything that I had throughout the entire weekend and, and I was very blessed and, um, to have the opportunity. So. Yeah, well, and I'm told uh, you've got the distinction of being the first uh, first woman to win the Best Warrior competition in Montana. How about that? Yeah, yeah, so that, that I have a lot of pride for that and I know that um, it can be done. Anybody can go out there and give it everything and win it. Uh, male or female, so I'm glad to represent that. Yeah, and, and so now what uh, what happens, Sierra? We we got about two minutes left. What what happens okay. because you won this thing here in Montana, but that's not the end of the line. You you continue on now. 
Right, yeah, so I've got a lot of training still ahead of me. I've got the regionals in April, so I've got the winter to kind of prepare, and um, it just keeps getting tougher and tougher with each competition that you keep keep going up in the ranks in, so looking yeah. forward to it. Well, and this thing, I'm, I'm assuming as you go on, it's it's uh, a lot of the same stuff. I mean, you've got the interview, you've got um, a stress shoot, there's, there's a hand grenade course. I mean, you got a lot of stuff. This This is a pretty varied thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot that goes into it, so... Getting the hands-on training is going to be key. Yeah, so this is like the National Guard's version. You've seen the Olympic; it's Olympics, and it's the you know the cross-country shooting or cross-country skiing. And then they got to shoot. Then they got to get back on the skis. You're, you're testing all sorts of right. areas, and this is the Guard's version of of that, isn't it? Absolutely, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when is this next round? When is the regionals? Regionals will be in April. I'm not sure 100% on what the date is for that, but I'm planning on early April. Okay. Well, and uh, yep. b- before you head out, you got to let us know because we'll have you on the show again. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Absolutely. I will. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely give you a send off. And I, I, I do want to mention, I was, uh, I was giving him uh, a hard time, but uh, specialist Jeffrey Lohman <laughs> uh, also, he's, uh, he's not a Montanan by birth, but uh, we're claiming him right now. Um, he's from Knoxville, te- uh, Knoxville, Texas. Actually, he, uh, he joined the guard uh, just in 2019. He's a chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear specialist. He's based out of Missoula, but uh, he was the uh, first in the state to earn the maximum of 600 points on the new army combat fitness test so we've got a couple of uh record breakers here in montana which is really really Mm -hmm. cool so uh sergeant thanks so much for taking your time and uh good luck as you prepare for this next round of competition absolutely thank you i appreciate your time yeah that's all the time we have for coffee break this morning it was a long version i appreciate you hanging with us we got a good finale we're going to be back here again tomorrow we'll see you then I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.